and welcome to Delusions of Grandeur. This is episode 39 and I'm Lady Naomi. I'm here with Chrissy Marie. Hey, Chrissy Marie, how you doing? Hey, well, thank you. What uh, what are we doing here for number 39? Oh, well, it's, it's that time of year. Oh. That time of year. It's oh. Christmas. Woo! Uh. My thoughts and, and heart goes out to all of the parents who are doing the, the elf thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. To avoid that one. Um, but, yeah, so, no, very good luck to you with all of your, your, your elfiness. Um, I've seen some horror stories. I've seen elves being eaten by dogs. Um that's desperate, one way. <laughs> desperate cries for parents to, you know, help, I need a replacement elf. Um, so it's very dramatic at this time of year. We're down to the wire. Um, kids have finished school. <laughs> it's like full chaos on the roads and in the shops and everywhere. So it's, it's that really um, pointy end of 2022. Yeah, I'm not real keen on it. On, on the pointy end or on? Yeah, on the whole Christmassy thing. Oh, okay. I am. Um, I'm normally like, oh, I've got all the inflatables and I've got all the lights and it's amazing. But this year I just kind of went, oh, do, do I got it? Didn't you light up? Did uh, you light up? Did you light up the house? Nope. Nope. Oh. Did not light up. See, um, my neighbours either side and next up have all lit up. And at our street party the other night, uh, they decided that they were going to attack my house <laughs> next year when I was at work one day. And I've gone, yeah, just don't. Because uh, I'm, I'm really low key so i've got two um light shaped christmas trees oh, about 80 centimeters high in each of the front windows double fronted house mm. the tree in each window that's me done yeah. i don't need flashy flashy things and blow up things so i'm a bit concerned that these chicks and i know they are true to their word are going to attack my house next year yeah brace yourself um, so i did say no no go do dawns instead <laughs> I'm fine. I'm understated. She'd love to be lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll wait and see how that one turns out. That's it. But That's I haven't it. put up a tree at home for about four or five years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, always have a tree in the office. Yep. Always have decorations in the office. Okay. But at home, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's more for kids and I'm not one anymore. Oh, yes. Yeah, normally, like. Every other year, and I think maybe in the COVID years, I was very much like, sort of, I think it crept forward to October in the, during, <laughs> during 2020 oh when the tree got put up because literally it was like I'd, I'd organised everything else and done everything else. This tree's, you know, we need something to look forward to, so let's put the tree up. Whereas um, this year, I, I really dragged my heels a bit. I still got it up, I think, last week in November. Um, yeah, see, that's way too early. But I, I'd done the whole... Do I really do I really need to do the tree this year? Um, and it was actually my husband, the Grinch, who who really encouraged me to put up the tree. Oh, really? Because you do, you still have a twelve year old at home. We do, yeah, eleven. So um, oh, eleven. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've given her more than she deserves. That's that's right. She's she's a little. Um, so yeah, but having adult children, um, they they're not into the wonder of Christmas as they have been previously. But I just I don't know. I love the sparkles and the magic and the lights and the I really get excited about it. Um, but yeah, this year, the only the only reason why it all kind of happened was that I'd acquired some really impressive ornaments in our trip overseas uh-huh. and I couldn't bear to see them stay in their boxes. Oh, that's fair enough. <laughs> that was kind of the only thing that, that really got yeah. the, the tree up and happening this year. Um, but even um, two nights ago... I was driving around. Um, there's a in my local neighbourhood. There's a street like a loop that is just it's the Christmas tree street. And so I was like, oh, you know what? 
I was out and about, it was dark and I thought I'd, you know, put the windows down and go for a drive around and, and get right into the Christmas spirit. And the problem with that was at that point in the evening, it was about 11 degrees. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> so I quickly put the windows back on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's maybe in, influenced my vibe a little bit about Christmas is it's not that warm summer night kind of the weather we've had at the moment has just been like a bitter it's windy it's cold it's rainy yeah but that's how they do it in the northern hemisphere oh but we've we've never had to do that like we've Mm. always had these beautiful warm christmases and you kind of you get the heat and you hear the cicadas and then you smell the jasmine in the air and you get that real oh my god it's summer so we're getting close to christmas whereas i think the weather's really mess that up this mm, year okay somehow. yeah so, it has been really odd mm, yeah, yeah yeah i quite enjoy um wrapping presents me too uh but i i don't greatly enjoy unwrapping presents I, I get this real oh oh my god what is it am i gonna hate it am i gonna have to act like i love it even though i hate it am i gonna really love it and, and be really jealous have i already bought it myself and just not told anybody <laughs> Um, that that last one is a very distinct possibility. <laughs> often, often is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I I do have a wrapping service for um, the people I work with, mm-hmm. and uh, and I quite enjoy that. Yeah. But, and we do. It's it's really odd because the the woman I work with has a, a young child and under ten, mm. and so she still is a believer. Mm. And Same. so as, as a still a believer, Santa's presents are wrapped in one specific paper with. Um, the sticky tape going one way mm-hmm. and scant sticky tape, no bows, no ribbons. Yeah. But presents from mummy and daddy, the sticky tape on them goes the other way. The ends are folded a different way and they're bows and ribbons. So we can trick that little kid for as long as we can. Yeah. So yeah, we're the same. So yeah. we actually outsource the writing of labels to a third party. Yes. So that then the, the handwriting can't be traced yes, back. Yes, I do all the Santa um, labels. <laughs> but and, it started with her and now it's there's quite a few people. There are some single fathers that I uh, provide this service for. That's nice. And yeah, I enjoy it. It's it's good. Excellent. Do you have any other um traditions or things that you do around Christmas or for Christmas or, or only just winch about how much I hate it <laughs> and go, I just wish this day was over. And then I go, oh, thank God for that. You yeah. know, that's another year before I have to do that again. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No, I don't. Certainly uh, when my mother was alive, she was a huge fan because she grew up in poverty. Mm-hmm. So Christmas was always really special for us and I had a very charmed existence. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, don't, I don't do that now. Do you want to tell us a story about when your mum met Santa? Oh, well. Because <laughs> that's super cute. My mum was uh, terminally ill in 2015 and said she never sat on Santa's knee. Mm-hmm. And so I contacted our local Santa, who was a lovely fellow, and said, this is the story. And he said, yes. And he booked a time at that stage. He wasn't taking any bookings. Mm-hmm. He booked a time. And he's actually, when he's not being Santa, he's a nurse yep. or his career was as a nurse. So we trogged her up there in a wheelchair, or I took her up there in a wheelchair on my own. She's She was a bit hard to – the wheelchair was heavy. It was mm. Anyway, they were great. Yeah. So wheeled her in, got her out of the chair. She sat on his knee. They took the photos and um, it, it was lovely. She really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then um, – Someone posted about that particular Santa who has had a natural beard mm-hmm. on the interwebs and I said, oh, look, I can't recommend him highly enough. This is what he did for my terminal mother who was 80, 86 mm-hmm. at that stage. 
um, and posted a picture of her. Well, it went viral. Yeah. And so there were oh, 20,000 likes, <laughs> um, five or 6,000 shares, and then Channel 7 picked it up yeah. and put it on their website. And then the local news, the regional news, contacted Santa, who then contacted me, who said they'd like to do a story on it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take her back the following <laughs> week and reenact the whole sitting on Santa's knee thing. Yeah. Um, and she just, she wanted to dance with him. And yeah. so she danced with him and the film crew filmed it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which was lovely. It's it's a really lovely thing. They interviewed her as well. Mm-hmm. And she, she struggled during the interview because she didn't like to talk about her growing up in poverty. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... They played that bit of film, that footage, on Christmas Eve mm. that year and we were all sitting around watching the television and she's telling people to shush so she could hear it. Um, and she was just so excited by it. Yep, absolutely. And if you've got the link to that, can we share that on our socials? Because I, I think that it's just the most beautiful story and I'm so glad it went viral and it got the love that it really, really deserves. So. I've, I've probably got it somewhere. I think yep. I've got it on a USB stick somewhere. Excellent, um, excellent. Yeah, so he was he was a fabulous man and, and I know that he has um, – he doesn't advertise but he has sessions for – Children who are have sensory issues, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, he's just he's just brilliant. Yeah, just brilliant. Yeah, and hopefully, if we can put his details up as well, just to share the love for for him, if he's if it's something he's still doing. Oh yeah, um, it's Santa, Santa North Pole. Excellent, excellent. And Mrs. Claus, <laughs> they're course. a team. <laughs> I'm sure she does a lot more work than he does. He's just yeah. the face of it. He gave her a like when she went back for the filming one, mm. and he actually stopped all his bookings to say. <clears throat> We're just going to do this. This is really special. You can all stay and watch if you want. And they did. Like hundreds of people stayed and watched it. Yeah. Um, he gave her a little um, silver-coloured metal bell about an inch, um, maybe an inch and a quarter high with a – it had a, has a unicorn mm-hmm. uh, like impressed into it. Yeah. And um, he gave it to her as her gift. And Mrs. Claus told me later that he, he has five a year mm. and he gives them to – terminally ill children or, in her case, a terminally ill 86-year-old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she she didn't know anything about the interwebs. And, and uh, our mate Joshy sent me a message going, what's going on with your mother's photo? <laughs> I've gone, I don't know. What are you talking about? He's got all these people looking at it. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it just was crazy. She could not understand. And she she read through. There were um, On one page alone, there were over 600 comments. Mm-hmm. And she read them all. And she said, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> So that's that's what the interweb's all about. You don't know these people. That's right. And yeah, they're all saying lovely things about her. She really, she really had a great Christmas. That was her last Christmas. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just love that story. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> Good old egg she was. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my um my experience with Christmas and and I, you know, kind of had very memorable Christmases as a child. We always did um, the tree. My parents got right into it and painted a lot of big cut-out wooden things to be able to decorate our house. And I think they've since been handed down to my brother maybe. Um, I just, I think it's magical. And even when the kids stop, you know, maybe believing and and that kind of thing, um, I just still think it's a really cool, magical time of year. So I, I'm all for Christmas. I, so when did you find out that, you know, Santa was in fact? Oh, 
I, I don't know exactly what year it was or how old I was, but I remember looking at the writing on the card and the writing on the things and going, hang on a minute. Uh, I remember the, the moment when I've gone, hang on, that's, that's my mum's handwriting. And so as a parent, I kind of harnessed that and made sure that it was never my handwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then e- even with your wrapping techniques, it's like I have the the Santa gifts. It's a very secret hidden wrapping paper that never gets reused. Yeah, like it's, exactly. It's very yeah. Yeah, hidden. Um, and then it, those ones are wrapped like properly so all the edges are pristine and everything's Mm. very matched up whereas mine I'm a bit more slap happy and a bit more laxy daisy because it's like it's just mum oh see I'm the other way around like Santa because the elves elves are so busy busy. (laughs) they just get a slap bang job yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. but it's the way you fold the ends too that's sort of fairly important exactly yeah yeah that's how I differentiate between what's a Santa present and what's a I didn't work I I did work out um that my father was Santa oh at uh, I'd just turned four oh. and my father was a mason and we went to his lodge Christmas party mm. and, uh, you know, I had to go up and sit on Santa's knee and I've gone, Daddy? <laughs> He's gone, no, 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 I'm Santa. Why are you wearing my daddy's watch? <laughs> oh, you know, it was, you can't tell anyone. <laughs> um, okay, don't, don't ruin it for the other children. Okay. Uh, and so I knew from the age of four and then the following Christmas when we were on our way to the Christmas party and dad was going to be Santa again, yeah. I've gone, we're like we're halfway there, I've gone, have you got your suit? No. And he's gone, oh shit, <laughs> turned the car around and went back, left the suit at home. Um, yeah, so I, I always knew, I did, there wasn't much mystery for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know in the, maybe in the mid 60s, uh, my parents had a business um, and Christmas, we often had a live Christmas tree. Okay. And then one year we couldn't source a live Christmas tree. And, and it's not like today where you go to Big W and there's 50 trees to choose from. Mm. But mum did obtain one year a silver foil Christmas tree. Oh. And we used that for decades uh-huh. until it just looked so manky. <laughs> and I remember the each of the the fronds was stored in a a cardboard tube which had a different colour on it. Mm -hmm. So the shorter ones were in this colour and the longer ones were in this colour. But whenever you put them in, it just wrecked them a little bit more. And they stuck into, basically it was a pole with holes cut in it on an angle. Okay. Uh, But one year when we couldn't get a real Christmas tree and didn't have the silver foil one, Mm. mum, being inventive and artistic as she was, dressed up a uh, sewing mannequin in the Santa suit. Oh, bless her. Um, and, which was great because that was the year we got push bikes. So that was, I was six. So that was 1966. Uh-huh. 1967, I got a transistor radio oh, <laughs> and a camera, which was like <gasps> unheard of. All that technology. Um, yeah, yeah. And we always had, um, so we always had the big present. We mm. always had a big present. Yeah. And then we had um, Apple Box wrapped in Christmas paper mm-hmm. and in it there were other gifts that just weren't wrapped. So mm. there were like painting sets and, and coloured paper, uh, artistic crafty things um, like a, I, don't, I can't remember what they called them but uh, they're a timber thing and you French knit over the top of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some, I can't remember what they're called. Um, and so it was always artistic stuff in the, in the Apple Box. Mm-hmm. Um, one year, Dad made us desks, and Mum made us the desk set Aww. out of 
um, contact paper and matchboxes <laughs> and tin cans and and yeah, I like I remember it clearly. It was a vibrant blue, mm-hmm. um, and all the trim was like gold or sorry, silver silver trim. Mm-hmm. Over the blue, it just looked fabulous, and it went with the desks. And then, then we got desk chairs, and Aww. yeah. So there's lots of great memories of those early years. Yeah, yeah. But then there was that year she gave me the tapestry <laughs> loom and a tapestry, and I I was in my belligerent late teens, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was like. Why have you given me this? And she's gone. Oh, I thought you liked doing tapestries. You do one all the time. I said I do. Been doing one to finish it because I hate them. <laughs> uh, so that didn't go well. And I learned a very good lesson then to always be grateful for whatever you got. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But I always now in my late fifties, early sixties, mm-hmm. probably probably from my late forties on, I always buy myself something special that I want. Yeah. Yeah, so this year it's uh oh well I can't tell you because Santa hasn't been yet. No, that's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you put you, put some pictures up on the socials. Do uh, you do that? Christmas. Do you buy do you buy yourself a gift? Oh, I I do that all year round. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> me too. Which is it's, why it's it's either related to Christmas or my yeah. birthday, and it's like treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and mine are fairly close together, although not as close as your beloved's. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have recently lashed out onto big. Bigish gifts for myself. Beautiful. No, we'll share those pictures on socials after the after the big day. Um, so yeah, mm. there are some things I don't like about Christmas advertising. Can I bitch about those? Go for it. I do not like the big three supermarkets mm. and they the way they promote their Christmas advertising. Mm-hmm. So it's always for your. Anglo-Saxon Christian family. Mm-hmm. It's the big Christmas lunch with the big ham and the big turkey. You know, it does annoy me because there's a lot of people who can't do that. Mm. There's a lot of people who are living in situations where they can't afford that for a start. Yeah. Or they don't have the huge family. And then there's all the people who aren't Christians who don't celebrate Christmas Day with copious amounts of dead meat um, <laughs> topped off with sultanas soaked in brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just – I look at that advertising and go, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know that you're inclusive or, relat- or, or, or relatively uh, honest anymore. I, it smacks of just, I'm trying to sell more stuff. And they are. And they, they, that's what it's about is creating the illusion that this is what a perfect Christmas is. And if you're not doing Christmas this way, then you need to up your game and spend more money with us to be able to, to meet this unreasonable yeah. expectation yeah. of what Christmas looks and like. And if you're not happy with the Christmas you have, look, look what you can do if you just come in here and buy uh, a dead pig leg. Yep. And I find that's the same with um, Crisco as well. Um, Crisco or Costco? Crisco. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the boxes that you pay boxes. for through the year, which are just such a rip off like you pay so much more money for that than if you were to put a little bit of money away and buy the stuff when it's on special on sale, yeah but again they they make it sound like it's if you're not doing christmas this way then you're doing christmas wrong basically and well, i haven't seen any advertising for that this year oh yeah it's on one of the it's mbn Oh, nine, really? Seven, ten, one of those ones. You tend it's the same lady it's the yeah. same lady who's been flogging it off for 30 years you tend to see a lot of that 
the week after Christmas. Yeah. When people are going, oh, jeez, well, what an expense that was. Let's not do it that way next year. Yeah, no, it's, it's ramped up sort of since December. So, um, yeah. The one thing I am really looking forward to is um, Boxing Day hot cross buns. <laughs> yeah, we the last couple of years we really established that um, hot cross buns are not related to Easter and, uh, oh, and no. anything like that. It's purely once we get we tick the box, we go Christmas is done, and then, and then we, we have move to go on to, on to our one. next advertising campaign. Yep, yeah, exactly. which is eggs, eggs, and hot cross buns. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I think Halloween, and I know we're, we're <laughs> going off track slightly here, um, Halloween and the growth of the popularity of Halloween is kind of proving a little bit of a, a road bump for typically your, your supermarkets and that, that mm. um, marketing train that is Christmas because we used to sort of have you know winter and then we'd go straight into Christmas kind of September. Mm. So the fact now that we have Halloween, I, I can only imagine their faces and that conundrum of, but we need to sell shit for, for yeah. Halloween, but, yeah. but it's Christmas. So yeah, I think that that's, um, it's amusing if nothing else. Do you enjoy the Christmas, the post-Christmas sales? Um, I, I don't. Um, I I think maybe one year in my entire life I got up early and went to Charlestown Square for the Boxing Day sales and I, I would have been maybe 18 or 19. Um, I just, I, I don't enjoy that type of frantic, you know, feeding frenzy type of environment. Mm. I'd much rather pay a little bit more for the sanity of having a nicer shopping experience. Mm. I, I don't, it's not an adrenaline sport for me, um, that, that kind of environment. So no, I, I don't go, having said that, I think last year I bought maybe my, my phone. I think I got, if it wasn't Boxing Day, it was like the 28th of December kind of deal where the, the shops had died down a little bit. That franticness had, had mm. subsided, but there was still some okay kind of specials. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's not something I enjoy though. Yeah. Um, so when do you pull your tree down? Boxing day. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of get it up early and then go, yeah, you know, normally it's mid-November where I'm kind of like, yeah. yep, get it up, get to kind of bask in it for that sort of six weeks. But then really once Christmas day is over – I'm like, yeah, we're good here. We've we've yeah. done this. We're yeah. we're ready to kind of pack that down for another year. Um, yeah, it's really funny. I was in the garage the other day, and there's three or four different sized Christmas trees in there. Oh. Uh, and then there are six like 55 litre storage boxes of baubles because at one stage I was doing the colour range so I'd have the multicoloured baubles and then I'd have the all silver baubles and then I'd have the all gold baubles and I'd have all red baubles. Um, yeah, overboard, utterly overboard, considering it just stays in its box now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should donate them. Can you donate them to to somebody? I, I probably could, but then I think one day I might actually go back to having a tree. Okay. Um, I nearly did this year, oh. but I'm in the process of replacing the lounge suites. Mm. And so the lounge doesn't look like I want it to. Okay. Um, so yeah, maybe next year I'll do a tree. Okay. Wow. I think that's the first time (laughs) I've I've heard you speak about, yeah, Yeah. the potential of that. Well, your, your children were here one day and, um, uh, Nan and I were doing the, uh, minding them while I think you were off being a Santa photographer. Possibly. Well, you might've been off shopping. I can't exactly remember, but they were, I think the oldest one might've been about eight. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were, there was a debate on as to who would put uh, the big star on the top of Nan's tree. <laughs> and in the end, they did it together. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that was one of the things that was kept them busy while you were off doing whatever it was you had to do. Yeah, I think it, it might have been the the Santa photo year. Yeah, I think so. Hot, hot tip. Yeah, I think if it's so. something that you're thinking about getting yeah. into. And the uh, maybe yeah, don't. don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, give it a thought. Give it the thought of, I don't want to be involved in that. Yeah, yeah, just screaming children and then parents with um, these expectations that you would be able to take a picture of them where it doesn't look like they're screaming when all they've done is, is scream. scream. Yeah, <laughs> and it, that was really odd because after that was finished, mm. that's when they brought out the Ellen Crom lights. They had D lights there but didn't offer them to you until mm. it was all over. I remember you used speed lights for the whole thing, but that's a bit that's we're off on the a tangent that there is photographically. Quite a tangent. <laughs> but um yeah, I remember they they did offer me that gig and I've gone, Oh no. Because I had done it as a twenty year old. Yeah, no, where I hadn't learned that lesson yeah, yet. So yeah, I had and to it, it is a lesson to go learn. in and yep, you, you live and learn from yeah, those things. Yeah. So Whereas I do yeah. have some friends this year who are doing a different kind of Santa experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, one has a studio and she does, she's got a couple of different backgrounds so they can be on the bed mm-hmm. or they can be in front of a fireplace unwrapping gifts. Yeah. Um, and in no photograph is there some strange bearded man. Okay. Um, and another friend who is uh, using a, a studio, both an indoor and an outdoor studio, mm-hmm. where they have a setup with a big lounge and lots of reds and, and oranges and greens but no, again, no stranger with a beard. Okay. You know? So it's just the kids or the kids and the family, the kids and the parents, the kids and the dogs, mm. or just the kids, but no bloke you'll never see again. Yeah. And I think that, again, it kind of harks on the um, the clever marketing, the fact that photographers have, photographers have been able to diverge away from the, the jolly red man. Um, with the beard, because to, the fake beards look fake. Yeah. There's only a few with real beards. It's hard to find a good Santa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so in terms of, so you've already established like there's, there's no real set tradition. How do you normally spend a, a Christmas? What does that look like for you? Oh, not at work. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bonus. Not at work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I usually have that, you know, that big lunchtime meal mm. uh, with friends and uh, that often drags into that not-so-big evening meal. Mm-hmm. And then I come home and go, oh, thank God for that. I'm done with for another year. Yeah. And then Boxing Day, I get back into the spirit of life and enjoying life <laughs> because I do find it's it's quite a, a pressured thing. Okay. Yeah. What Fair about enough. you? Yeah, well, our, our traditions have, have obviously changed over the years. And so previously, um, you know, when the kids were little and, and that kind of thing, it was um, very much we stayed at home and, and it was like everyone then kind of came to us at, at different points through the day or at different days through the, the Christmas period. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And then um, obviously then having to share care of two children who believe in Santa and, and, you know, under the age of 18, um, Christmas was always a little bit of a revolving door and we would often start planning it kind of in the March, April in terms of, well, who, who got the kids and at what time the children needed to be in a certain place. So, um, this is the first year really having, um, you know, an 18 year old and a a 21 year old where there hasn't been that, that kind of legal shuffling, (laughs) uh, yeah. In in terms of who needs to be at a certain place at a certain time. Um, so very much enjoying that. Um, but our, you know, the, the Christmas is sort of 
from three to, to five or three to seven kind of years ago was very much my um, in-laws would come to, to our house. Um, we would do a very traditional kind of baked dinner, mm. um, amazing meat. Um, so that they would sort of take care of, of certain dishes and then bring them and then we'd, we'd sit down for a meal. So that was all really um, very memorable. And then over the last few years, that, that the shape of Christmas has changed and it, it started looking very different for us, um, firstly with the, the passing of my mother-in-law and then the passing of my father-in-law. Um, so last year was really a, an opportunity for us to have a, a bit of a think of and a big discussion around what we want Christmas to be like in our home and what that looks like. Um, so we, we actually had uh, like an American smoked meat barbecue kind of Christmas, which mm-hmm. was, it was awesome um, because it was sort of all of our favorite things, but myself and my husband, um, again, I think one of the children had to work. Um, so they work in, in hospitality. So, so they were off working. So I think we've kind of just relaxed into Christmas and really gone. It, it is sort of what we make it and we get to establish the traditions and, and that kind of thing. Um, whereas this year that's going to look a little bit different again in that we're traveling to spend it with my, my brother and his wife and my parents. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be, be different again. Um, but I, I think as it's probably old age, but also life experience in that the, the pressure or the obligation when it comes to Christmas, I've sort of been able to shed that a bit. Whereas 20 years ago, there was so much pressure and expectation attached to where you had to be and who you had to spend it with and the meal you had to prepare and even down to like the table had to you know look and feel a certain way and um, I'd always agonize over the bonbons like the Christmas crackers and <laughs> what was in them and and that kind of thing but I, I think that both in old age and then once your children move through that phase of, of it not being about Santa and not having to um, yeah really micromanage that secret squirrel process everything just changes a little bit um and and again i think the passing of my in-laws has um been able to allow us to give some really sentimental and magical gifts um on their behalf uh, mm. to, to their granddaughter. So really keeping, you know, their memory alive and the traditions that, that were important to them um, in a in an honorary kind of way. So I don't feel they're not a sense of, or a source of, of stress or that kind of thing. It's I think it's just a really beautiful nod and a way to include them um, and, and really pay homage to, to them uh, at this time of year because I think that anybody who, who has lost a loved one within the year um, – it's a particularly difficult time of year mm. because it is all about, you know, family and spending all this time together. And if you're looking around and there's an empty chair or a, a missing presence, then it can really amplify and, and exacerbate those feelings of, of grief and loss, um, which again, it, it may be particularly difficult in that first year, but it doesn't really get any easier any subsequent year because there's still that presence that's missing. So, um, no, again, particularly if that person played a specific role, yeah, like they always did this, you know, they always made the cake or they always did something like who now takes over that job. Yeah, and I think it's really hard. There's there's that balancing act where somebody can take on that that role to own to continue that tradition or it does really open the doorway in terms of well what does our new tradition or what does our new normal look like Mm. um in in the absence of that um whereas something that that my and i still remember from being a very small child it was always christmas time when my mum would make these peppermint cream um 
confectionery kind of things. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And so they're, they're this beautiful um, cream cheese with peppermint and, you, and, and icing sugar, basically. So they're these sugar bombs half dipped in chocolate. Um, and for me, that's that's Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so many a year I've, I've attempted to replicate um, those, sometimes very successfully and other times See, my dad uh, had a, a for a while there. He was a pastry cook, and so I used to always make his fruit cake. Mm-hmm. So Mum always used to make his fruit cake, yeah. and then I took on the tradition of making his fruit cake. And yeah. I haven't done it this year. Yeah, I've got all the makings, but I just didn't have the uh, desire, mm-hmm. the spirit, yep. uh, to to do that. And I've got to say, I do love a nice bit of fruit cake. See, I don't. You can you can have yeah. that, that dessert all to yourself. <laughs> yeah, see, I like, but I don't like it with. They put almond paste on it, and then the icing over the top. Mm. I don't like that almond paste. Okay. Yeah, so I like it. I like it decorated as it's baked with you know glacé cherries and and nuts. Um, I don't like it iced. Oh, the icing the ice- is just. Sugar. The, the icing's the best bit. See, as a kid, oh, my gran right. would, would always make a fruit cake and decorate it beautifully with the, yeah. the icing sugar. Yeah. So I would take quite a few pieces and just peel the icing off and throw oh, the cake. Okay, no. uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be fine then if we're That's eating right. it at the same time. I'll have the cake. You can have the top. Because <laughs> normally, like with a cupcake, the best part of a cupcake is the top. Yeah. It's it's not the cake. Yeah. It's the icing. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's a butterfly cake and then it's the jam and cream. <laughs> I think we've gone a bit off topic you, there. You have waltzed well and truly Woo! down the garden yeah. path far, far away from this topic. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't even mentioned <laughs> apple turnovers. Let's not go there. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of Christmas um, or, or this particular topic? Yeah, I'd like to say to our many and varied listeners, if you celebrate Christmas, hope you have a great time. Mm. If you don't celebrate Christmas, yeah, sorry. Sorry that the media pump this into you consistently, that you you should be doing this and you should be white Christian and you should be having a tree and you should be having a turkey and ham. Sorry. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the power of advertising. Yeah, I, my my certain take on that is, you know what, the media feeds us a lot of bullshit that we get to accept or reject. Yeah. You know, like it also tells us yeah. we should be blonde and skinny with blue eyes and big boobs. Aren't we? Um, no, unfortunately, oh. we're not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just speaking for myself here. Oh. Um, so I, I kind of think, you know, there, there is maybe a, a good learning point for people to be able to call this out and have conversations with their impressionable young children. Mm. Um, but also, again, you get to like Christmas for me is what you create it to be. Um, if you if you do want to kind of go down that path and, and have this magical aspirational Christmas, fill your boots, mate. Like it's it's you get to do you. Um, and the same as if some people have seafood, some people do baked dinners, some people um, go to their local club, some people volunteer at Christmas. Um, so I think that we we already have that that bit of diversity in terms of what Christmas looks like for us. Um, people who don't celebrate Christmas still get to have some great time off. Um, so you know, even though they might not have the the links to the official meaning of Christmas or, or you know be attending church services and that kind of thing. They kind of get that residual benefit of everything shutting down to, to have a nice bit of a break. Um, so I, I think, yeah, if that's what your Christmas looks like for you, have a picnic, celebrate the time of year, celebrate whatever um, religious event it may be that falls at this time. If it's not at this time of year, go and celebrate that when it actually falls. Um, but unfortunately, the the society that we live in and our, our founding roots in terms of, of 
we know the people who established Australia, um, they they were white Christians, and that's why we this is a major holiday in terms of mm. of us and our events. Mm. So um, I would say again, happy holidays. If Christmas isn't your jam, um, if it is though, celebrate it in whatever way makes sense for you and is meaningful for you. Um, if you are alone at this time of year, I would say reach out to to somebody because. Nobody wants you to be alone at this time of year. Um, well, I don't think it's at just at this time of year. That's that's my issue. I think that's the thing, though, is that it's it really brought home at this time of year mm. because um, often everyone's off on their, their own little tangents and they're doing their own thing, whereas it's almost like the, the world is in synchronicity at lunchtime on Christmas Day mm. um, doing that thing. So mm. I think it really amplifies maybe that um, that loneliness because typically you can go out and, and still associate with other people, whereas there seems to be that standstill at that time mm. of year. Um, so I would say, though, uh, if, you, if you're struggling at this time of year, you're not alone. Um, there, there are other people who, who are probably challenged and feeling a similar way to you. And so you don't have to do it by yourself. Use your network, use your friends, because it may just be people don't know um, that you're otherwise going to be sitting at home alone this year. Mm. So, um, and, and I'm sure that there are people who would like to extend that invitation to you. If not, though, again, there are some really great volunteer opportunities to still get you out and about on those days to to spend time and to be giving um, back to the world or if you just hate Christmas and you want to sleep through it and you want the day to be over give yourself permission just to do that as well you don't have to people on that day you don't have to buy in and sit down for lunch and pretend like you're enjoying it if it's simply not a day that you enjoy and so I think Again, it harks back to Christmas is what you want it to be. So if you just want to ignore the day and and go about a normal day, you absolutely have the permission to be able to do that because Christmas and the traditions and and the expectations and everything that's associated with it, it gets to be of your own creation, um, regardless of the madness that's going on outside of your four walls. It's interesting that it's taken, I don't know what, 25 minutes of our podcast to actually mention the role of the church. Because, mm. I mean, that that struck me then that we hadn't discussed it prior to this. And I do have a little going to church story for Christmas. We never did it as kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Rod's a, a bit of a Christmas Eve midnight mass fan. Uh-huh. And so uh, we would often go up to Christchurch Cathedral for midnight mass. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night we'd been up there. We'd been out for dinner, of course. And there were, I think there might have been six of us. And during part of the proceedings where regular uh, worshippers go up the front and have their own little bit happen, mm-hmm. we just sat in our pew and the woman sitting behind, in front of us, we were sitting behind her, she was having an avid conversation about, you know, she didn't really want to leave her wallet <laughs> in her bag, but didn't feel she could carry her bag up to the to the front of the church to do her bit sure and um i really wasn't overly aware of it i just thought i wish she'd shut up she was talking a fair bit Mm. and uh yeah she got up went down the front did the secret squirrel stuff came back and checked her wallet Mm -hmm. thought that you know us heathens sitting behind had rifled through it and taken her money well if we had we wouldn't still be sitting there (laughs) uh and like nothing further from my mind Anyway, um, yeah, it was nudge, nudge. Look at this. How, what, 
What kind of attitude is that to think that she would have her money stolen in a church? Mm. But anyway, it was an interesting night. And then uh, Rod went out the back and threw up because he'd uh, eaten and drunk so much. Excellent. Yeah, well, it was more drink, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> See, whereas my my Catholic experience was very different to that in that we would attend a church service every Christmas um, and that we would attend the the one typically the vigil, so the, the night before um, Christmas because we – we were too little to, to then stay up for Midnight Mass. Um, but there you would see some interesting things at Midnight Mass where there were people who had gone out and celebrated earlier yeah. um, and then through through obligation and needing to be there as part of their family tradition, mm. they would come to Midnight Mass. Mm. Um, but again, I I think that there was a certain magic in terms of that because it, it brought back the meaning of Christmas to what it was about and not, not just the fat guy in the red suit. Um, so I, I think that there was a certain grounding and, and that in terms of being able to to see Christmas from that perspective and being exposed to that as that was Christmas for, for me as a child um, and then being able to, to grow into that um, and, and seeing then the rest of the commercial side of Christmas and what that meant. Um, but, but again, I guess coming from, from quite, a, quite a strict um, you know, Catholic family and, and the, the sense of tradition from my um, paternal grandmother in particular mm-hmm. um, that that shaped Christmas and, and the traditions and what that that sort of looked like um, but yeah very the church was a very big part of, of our Christmas experience growing mm. up so it was never a part of mine but the tradition was that um, my parents would read us um, the, the night before Christmas mm-hmm. to get us into bed so they could do the last minute, Putting the push bikes together or, you know, whatever needed to be done or just have some peace. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get up too early. Don't, yeah, don't catch Santa out. Mm-hmm. So some people do it, go, you know, way over the top with, um, like, we always left a carrot and a drink out for the reindeers and Santa. Yep. But, you know, making fake footprints on the floor um, with flowers to look like snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some people really go all out to keep that mystery alive. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's magical. And as a parent with young children, you kind of, you miss the magic when it's gone. So mm. it's, you know, mm. again. It very much changes it. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. You do you though in terms of whatever traditions you have as a family and, and whatever lengths you need to go to as a, as a Santa, um, then, then a go Santa for your delegate. Was as, as a Santa, um, fill your boots, but also feel free to share pictures of the beautiful ways that, that you've greeted Santa and the beautiful treats that you've mm. left out for Santa and, and that kind of thing. Um, I think the fact that we're referring to Santa delegates this late in the piece, the horse is bolted. So yeah, sorry. Really sorry if there's children yeah. who have listened to this episode, you're going to have to have a pretty big conversation. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, ho- I hope children haven't listened because I've dropped the F-bomb a few times. That's that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, and Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Any final thoughts on on this particular topic? Yeah, I wish it was over. Okay, cool. Well, I would just like to say Merry Christmas to all of our fabulous listeners. Um, Share, again, your beautiful day, decorations, traditions, recipes. If you've got great recipes, hit us up on Delusions of Grandeur podcast on Instagram and Facebook. But not only fans. Not only fans. It's not that time of year, I don't think. Um, I think for some it's always that time of year. (laughs) Well, we look forward to catching you next week. Bye. Bye.